You're listening to The Thrive Podcast with your host, Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. Listen in as Kathleen shares all the things about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. She'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to help grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. I'm so excited to share this week's episode with you. And I wanted to take the time to jump in and go behind the scenes with another floral designer and business owner. And I know in our industry, because it's so secretive, that one of the things that I've always found really helpful is to be able to have a glimpse, a taste, an idea of how other business owners navigate being a business owner. And I've always found it really useful to talk about some of the everyday challenges that we face as human beings, as creatives, as women, and as floral designers, and really get the inside scoop on how others actually run their business. And social media makes it so easy for us to think that everyone has their ish together. And I know for us as business owners, it's just really helpful to be able to counterbalance that with practical ins and outs. I am a human being running a business, dealing with all the ups and downs that everybody is dealing with, and really being able to learn from other people's aha moments, other people's insights, other people's shortcuts. We all know it's so helpful in so many ways. And this week, I'm so excited to share with you my discussion with Dale, who is part of the father-son duo that run Adam the Flower Man in Australia. And there's so many amazing tidbits and insights in Dale's story that will serve so many of us so many of us, my friends. So be sure to go in and follow Dale and Adam at Adam the Flower Man on Instagram and enjoy this episode with Dale. Early bird gets the worm. Good morning. <laughs> good morning, sunshine. How are you? Yeah, good. 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 Yeah, I have nothing. I have no wise words to impart <laughs> on you. <laughs> at this moment in time, other than say whatever comes to mind, and it doesn't even need to be perfect. <laughs> no problems. That's all right. <laughs> and I will ask you, because I feel like it's been, we've known each other now for a lifetime. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Probably almost coming up two years. Yes. Yeah, I was having a little kind bit. of crazy. Yeah, well, every day just changes and it stays the same. So. <laughs> The same challenges. Okay. So I want to hear your name and I want to hear a bit about your business. Who are you and what's the name of your business? Okay. Uh, my name's Dale. Uh, I'm part conspirator with um, Adam the Flower Man, which is a family business, myself and my son Adam, obviously, with the name. And we operate in Melbourne, Australia in um, a suburb, a Bayside suburb of Sandringham. And we've been operating since September 2018. So, and we have a shop, so it's everyday flowers with delivery and also catering for weddings, events, 
and anything floral. If we can work it out, we'll do it. And this might be an odd question to ask, but partly because I know that you had a whole different career before you thought flowering would be fun. Yes. But what did you think it would be like to run a flower business? Oh, look, it was to create a family business and Adam had an interest in flowers. So it was just trying to create a sustainable business around that. So look, we didn't really know what we're getting into. So it was just that if you use a fair amount of common sense, we would be able to get through it and work it out. And I guess that's the where you then you get to a certain point where a tipping point where you need to then work out, go, well, I can sit here for hours and days and weeks to try and work things out, or you can try and find help, which as you know, it's finding help within the floristry industry is quite difficult. Mm. <laughs> it's not and forthcoming. Finding, so you've got to finding help in the floristry industry when it comes to running a business. Is impossible. Yeah. Yeah, it's a closed shop and you've just got, yeah. And that's where, you know, you have to go and dig for it. Things like your podcast, um, things like that, where you find information. So, yeah, it's sort of a interesting problem in that, yeah, trying to find the info. So it's sort of hard knocks and, you know, there's not an open door to an industry body or anything like that. So from that point of view, it's a fair challenge. But, yeah, you've got to piece it yeah. together and outlast everyone else. <laughs> And what do you think, like if you could rewind back to 2018, 2019, which is officially a lifetime ago, given what you guys have had to navigate in the last yeah. three years, <laughs> but what wasn't working in the business? Well, naively, we didn't know. <laughs> mm. No, and that's such a good answer, right? You're like, yeah. I just know it's not working. Yeah, no, no, it's a case that we knew it. You cobble everything together and you'll make it work. It's just whether it's the most efficient, whether you're going to run out of time and money. They're the things you've got to try and, and piece together as a business owner, regardless of um, what type of industry or what you're doing. You've got to try and put that together. So what you want to do is try and minimise time, mistakes, and seeking assistance obviously helps that out. Where if you don't have that, yeah, it's a long, long road. And this is where I think your like one of your superpowers is your past career because the way that you look at the world, the way that you look at your business, the way that you just know and I think you'll say it's like well intuitively I know it's just not working but so much of that is because you come from like the operational background. Oh look, yeah, the synergy of myself and Adam I think is quite good for the business in that he's the florist, the creator as you say, you know, I come from a business background. So I certainly had an idea of how the components of business should operate and need to operate. So, you know, we could get work through that to a certain point of um, just the realities of business. It's been adopting to make sure it's the most efficient way to operate a flower business. <laughs> so that was the missing jigsaw pieces was a management business role into a florist business is just knowing those missing components. And that's where you mm. seek advice from the likes of um, yourself and where you can get information. And was there a like a tipping point or a moment in your business where you kind of like, did something happen where you kind of went, there must be more than this? Or did it feel more like a, a long-term kind of grind of 
maybe one day I'll wake up and things will be different. Oh, no. Well, we always went into it. I've gone into it like most businesses to become an overnight sensation that takes <laughs> 10 years to get there. Yeah, we're in it for a long term. You know, I've made a few life business decisions to spend the next, you know, sort of the rest of my working sort of time focus on this business. So hopefully, it, you know, there's no plan B. So it's the business. So if we do everything right and take our time, it'll succeed. So that was always the thing is to create a business. I mean, our business, like every business, it has to solve someone's problem. So it's to work out what that problem is or what we want to do and how we solve it and make it appealing for people to come to our store to solve the problem. So we're going to find all those components. Now we can piece that together with each customer comes in with a different thing, you know, different requirement, or we can then seek advice of what everyone else is doing and then learning from their mistakes, which is obviously very good within the forum in that you can hear and see people's problems and how they solve them. So you fast track them. But yeah, I mean, that's really the whole idea is to solve that problem and try and find a network that operates with that. And I'll say too, because I remember having the conversation with you of really recognizing and like being okay with the fact that you guys don't solve the flower problem for every customer. No. Right. And that's a hard thing to, it's an easy thing to say, and I'll say a hard thing to do in practice. Look, if you're trying to solve everyone's problems, you'll solve no one's problem. And so we're very defined in what we do, our style, and our job then is to find those customers that their problem fits our solution. So if you're trying to fix everything, yeah, it's rather um, rather difficult. Mm-hmm. And what is it like to run a business where you aren't the actual florist? That's easy because I'm not a florist, and <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's and, and we stay in our lanes. Because you're like, yeah. actually, it makes my job easy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why it's a good partnership. Um, we, yeah. we get along, and Adam does his. You know, he has his designs. He has what he wants to do with it. His aesthetic, and yeah, I, what I try to do as part of the business to make it work and be successful is to give him that space to do that. And I know that not everybody has the ability to share those business things, you know, to someone else or put that on someone else's plate. I look after the admin and the store and things around it and he does the production. So we all we stay in our lanes and I think it's, you know, on the road of being successful and you know sustainable. So and I uh, often, yeah, I don't have a I often with that. think of you too as the perfect example of the concept of, you know, CEO versus employee. Because if there's the operations piece of the equation, right, that's where your skill set lies, that's where your training lies, that's your background, and that's where Adam loves getting the support and structure from that. And then from a creative point of view, he's leading the vision and the aesthetic, and you get to kind of bridge the gap between the two and realizing it increases the chances of your business success because you can delineate between the operational role and the creative director role. No, totally. I mean, what I see within the floristry, florist sort of space is that there's a sort of strange line of it being someone's hobby trying to be a business where we come from, well, I come from the opposite. I'm trying to fit it into a business. So, the concepts and the rules of business don't change. It doesn't matter what it is. So 
that's how I try to create the business. It's a business first and it solves a problem with flowers. But yeah, if you treat it as a business, it's hopefully it'll succeed as a business. No, and that's such a good observation of like you and I, neither of us came from building a business from the hobby of flowering. <laughs> like, neither yeah, no, no, right. you and I didn't have a plan B. You know, the plan B is either sell the house or go back and get a real job. <laughs> Those are our plan Bs, right? Like move back to the city and go back and work in some faceless organization, which we so desperately don't want to do that that sometimes compels us forward to do the scary thing within our own business. But it's like we wanted to create businesses that we could actually enjoy some of the experience of it, not oh, look at this thing that I do on the weekends. Maybe I could make money from it. Yeah, no, no. For me, the road I'm trying to travel is to create a sustainable business. And that's where I think people sort of lose it, that it is a business. And you, yeah, certainly I want to build a business with our family. You know, we certainly have fun most days. <laughs> <laughs> most days. But yeah, it's for, about for building a business. With and- your family. Yes, yes, and yeah, and still get along with each other on weekends, um, <laughs> which we do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Adam has a real passion for flowers and that whole sort of sculptural aspect, I guess, that he enjoys with it. So he's able to enjoy that. And then, you know, we're able then to also, you know, I'm able to then bring the business side to it, which I enjoy. So we're sort of lucky that we're both getting a result out of the business, albeit, you know, different wants. Well, and that's why it's such an incredible partnership because you are, it is the true like yin and yang relationship. And no doubt, because you're also family members, it comes with its own levels of stresses and challenges and (laughs) (laughs) sitting down and doing performance reviews probably isn't a thing. (laughs) Uh, Well, we're open to a critique (laughs) Each other's role, like it may be a little bit more openly uh, open. Yeah, than, uh, well, it other, could be to know, your advantage, right? Like yeah. you can just say the thing without feeling like you're gonna, like you know, you already know each other well enough. You know, you're gonna piss them off. Yeah, we try not to you know, go to work to openly offend each other. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we have a, um, you know, our vision is very similar, and I guess that's the big thing, right? With the yeah. business, is that you want to, you need to know where you want to go to. Why are you doing this? And so, if you've both got the same why, um, you know, and then know that we've got the right attributes in the areas, you know, that we both have, then you've got a fighting chance of succeeding. So, um, I think that's you know, you need to know that why. And look, I've been doing you know, a lot of that pondering on a personal level and a business level, but. Once you know that, it's a lot easier to put all the pieces together. So, and then it's finding out if you don't have the answers, finding out where to get the answers from. So, um, yeah, it feels very pertinent, I think, on a personal level to me today, just to hear you say, like, getting in touch with your why is something that we always get to come back to because many times when you're running a business, no matter what the outside of it looks like, inside of it, 50% of the time, is crap you really don't want to be dealing with. (laughs) And it's like, oh, yeah. Like, do I still want to wake up tomorrow morning and commit to doing this? Well, yeah, I sort of think the bad parts, you've got to just say it's part of the solution. 
And maybe that's just getting older. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's just piecing it all together. And I guess that's where we're lucky that, you know, I'm sort of, yeah, father and son. So we've got that dynamic of travelled down a lot of these paths before. So, you know, we don't have to make those mistakes or Adam doesn't have to make those mistakes. So, but it's also just, you know, knowing where you can find information from. So, and knowing it always that comes back never, to that. never alone. If you know where to get it and you know that there's always, someone's always been there before you. So, yeah. you know, you're not the pioneer of, I don't think anyone in business is really the pioneer. You know, everyone's been through. So it's about listening and finding how people got there, you know, whether it's the same route or not. Maybe, you know, it's a bit different in a different circumstance. But, you know, that there's always, someone's always been there before you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there's so much reassurance just in that fact, right? Like knowing almost, oh, I'm doing it right because other people have made this mistake too. Or I'm doing it right because other people have run into this challenge too. And then going, oh, okay, so how did you guys navigate this? Or what did you do in this situation? Or, oh, yeah, totally didn't even think about that before. No, all that's, I guess, um, you know, the whole thing of um, being part of a community <laughs> or you know, no, you know, having somewhere where you can find that information quickly and in a way that doesn't cost you time and money. I sort of hark back to that all the time, but that's re- you know, the realities of trying to, you know, to achieve goals and that it takes time and money. So if you're able to find a solution without it sort of destroying your mindset, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah, it's a better option. Well, and I think that I was talking to one of the other members the other day about the method to the madness of kind of why we've set the structure up the way that we have, because it was, and I constantly keep coming back to this. I don't want any one of you guys have to feel like you're trying to recreate or start something from scratch, right? That you ever have to stare at the blank page and that you at least have a place to start yeah that's the good thing is that and how i did it really is that we had an idea but then just with you know the course and doing the boot camp with all that sort of side it's all laid out so what you all you're doing you sort of come up with what you think you're right and then you can like talking about the course you're able then just to use that as a sounding board to go yes we're on the right direction or you can even flip it the other way just follow the step by step by step and you will get there mm-hmm. um so you know that's really where you sort of um you're able to always hold that and know where you're going so i mean that's the position we're in now you know we got to a point where we've got everything in place and we're just waiting for the customers but you come to a point where your job is never finished and all we're doing now is we're refining, refining, refining. And that's where catching up with everybody, everyone during the week or you know, within the community, you're able to see what other people are doing. So you can go, okay, that's a good idea. We can try that. Trial and error is much smaller sort of space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have such a pool to pull from to begin with. No, no, 100%. And yeah. yeah. And everybody's got a different ideal customer. So that is a real positive from it is that everyone's sort of looking at a different type of, um, that's the right word, you know, community or um, client base. So you're always picking something up from there. And off the top of your head, what would you say like is your favorite part or was your favorite part of the boot camp, study vault, community coaching, anything that kind of rises to the top for you? 
Look, the main thing for it all, I enjoy it. I've been a member like nearly two years and it's ever evolving and it's been updated, you know, in a continuing fashion. And so there's always something new. Um, look, it's just, again, back to being able to refine your business and when things change or when the industry changes, everything's adapted. The boot camps are continuously updated as well. So it's not a set and forget. It's like our business, it's ever evolving. So there's always something. And the reality is I sort of sat back going, okay, it's all finished, but it's not. And your business and the formatting, nothing stands still. And to be competitive in our market, we've got to keep evolving as well. So, yeah, it facilitates that really well. Yeah. And I think particularly like how much I've seen your business evolve both voluntarily and involuntarily in the last few years. Um, For those of you that don't know, I think the state of Victoria in Australia was in the most number of days of lockdown. Um, We hold the world record. Um, And that's the thing is that in our first year of business, like from scratch, we went really well. And now, you know, the last two years, yeah, we were able to, and a lot of businesses around us shut down, you know, a lot of florists, and I'm talking about half a dozen in a 10, 15 kilometer radius are no longer there. So, and there's a lot of other businesses. So, you know, we've been able to, you know, get through that. And now where I sort of see us back at year two, it's not year four, we've sort of lost it. And now we've got to really work that and things have changed. Um, And again, it's what we were saying. So we lost all our corporate work. We lost all our event work. We concentrated on the online and we concentrated on the shop. For a lot of that time, the shop wasn't able to be open. So, you know, we spent a lot of time, you know, working through the making sure that our online and our website presence is good with the Instagram as well to a certain degree. And again, pushing through and making sure that especially Google um, at a time for online is where we need. So, and all those things, you know, we certainly used all the workbooks within the boot camp and that sort of helped us step those things through and or else we could have spent days weeks months trying to work out how to do a bloody google ad um, <laughs> but you know your workbook tries to make it a lot simpler even though google tries to make it the most complicated thing ever and it's setting up you know with um don't hide it the fact in that is that our website follows your program and um You've done the hard work there of the trial and error. So, you know, what we've been the beneficiary of that. So, and that's where I think the course is terrific. And while we sort of stay part of the community, it's very good. Yeah. And I mean, I will say, I give you guys huge credit for still having doors and an open business um, through the last two years. And I love the idea that you are actually now at a strategic advantage coming this side out of. COVID because you've done so much of the work in the office. Yeah, I think so. Look, the thing is we didn't have an we don't have an option. There is no plan B. And so we could have given up. If I personally fail, well, it fails, but I guess I'm making it I don't want external factors undo us. So, you know, the harder we work and the harder we um make sure that our systems and everything we're doing is the best we can do you know, we've got a fighting chance. And I think this is the upside of being incredibly stubborn. <laughs> that it's like, oh, okay, world, you think that this is the plan? No, no, no. absolutely. And that's why I'm we're saying run you know, our we, business the this. reality is we're pretty much into the second year of our business. Um, 
because I must say, I mean, early on, I thought, you know, this is going to work really well. This is, it's not that complicated, but you uh, sort of follow your nose and do the right thing that you've got a fighting chance where, yeah, then you have all these external issues that sort of quell it a bit. But, uh, so what do you think your best aha moment has been either over the last couple of years or even if it's something that's been recent, just in terms of your experience running a business? Look, you have to know who your client is. You know, identifying who your perfect client is, that is the aha moment, is that once you know that, that you're not for everybody, but you are for this person and you know where that person is or that community of people or that group, once you know that, then you can mould the business to that and having the tools to do that. And I think that's really, yeah, the most important thing you can do in business. You've just got to know who you're catering for. And, and, I think and whether you want to cater for them, you know, if you don't, you know, yeah. it's like if you're in a place and you go, and again, you've got to have, make sure that your style fits that person. That's why you've got to find that person or know who it is and then find them. Yeah. And I think particularly because you're in such a big population that has so many competitors, right? So all the humans <laughs> looking for a flower delivery in Melbourne, they have an abundance of choice. No, no, Absolutely. And that's why we've started with our suburb yeah. and, you know, from us, you know, previously, you know, discussing the way forward, you know, is that we could have tried to appeal to all of Melbourne. We just couldn't physically do that properly. So we know we can do it for a suburb. And really our motto is, you know, and try and become the florist of choice one suburb at a time. So if we can sort of move and concentrate on one or two suburbs a year, um, you know, that will sustain our business. We don't go beyond it. We price ourselves out of other markets. So we do our own delivery. But again, we're able to have people sending flowers in our area of Sandringham, and then they want to send flowers the other side of the city, and they're happy to pay way above odds delivery fees. So they've got a, an affiliation with us and a trust with us. So from that view... Yeah, that's all you can do. Again, build your community. And I think that's a really important thing. And well, it's our business model, you know, whether it works for everybody else, I don't know. But again, if you can't conquer the immediate area where the other suburbs have florists as well, that have been there a lot longer than us. So again, and they've spent years and years building up their community and loyalty, I guess, with their, their customers. And I love that idea because it comes to like bring this whole thing like full circle around your observation of being really clear on why you've created this business and what your values are in terms of being a business owner. Because for you, there's such a strong drive for community and connection. And as much as I'll sit there and be like, let's build the biggest flower business on the planet. You're also like... Yeah, but at the same time, this is a family-run business and I want to keep it that way. So thanks for your ideas. <laughs> and I love that, right? Like it's you're so yeah. clear on low and steady wins the race because yeah, you could go out there and just dominate as much as you wanted to, but it's like, but that's not how you want to run your business. And I love that so much. No, no. Well, yeah, we are really looking for a sustainable, profitable business. and doing everyday flowers, like you have a few core clients, but people are, they buy flowers two, three times maybe a year. So you've got to really work 
to me, you have to really work on getting those people in. I mean, we're in our fourth year and every week, and it's no different this week already, you know, I need flowers. How long have you been here? You just opened. No, we've been here four years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Are you new to the area? No, no, I'm just up the road, you know. So, and that's four years down the track, you're still getting that. So, um, (laughs) you know, you can either fly through it or really just, to me, you know, we really want to cement ourselves within the, the area. So, Well, and it's so fun to know, like, it took us a long time to realize that when you made that observation of, we've been here for four years and customers still think that we're brand new. And it's like, yeah, and that's one of the greatest marketing advantages about being a florist is because the vast majority of customers don't order flowers very often. And so even if you've been around for a long period of time, or even if you're kind of wanting to change your design aesthetic or change your offer or raise your prices, it's like, there's a whole new group of customers who are going to think that you're brand new tomorrow. (laughs) I have no idea what you guys did 12 months ago or what you offered 12 months ago. So that you do have so much freedom to keep evolving and growing in the way that serves you. No, no, that's right. Um, the biggest thing there is that as a business, you want to make sure you're as consistent as possible and you're able to replicate it and become more efficient at it. I mean, the biggest thing for us now is that, and it's something that is reoccurring of late, it, it's interesting. I've received flowers from you. They've lasted for weeks. That's unreal. I want to send flowers to so-and-so. And I want... My favourite one is that at the moment, I want to send flowers exactly what you did. Adam looks at me and goes, what did we do? <laughs> but if you get that consistency, hopefully then we are sort of sending what they wanted. But, uh, <laughs> but that takes time and, again, just refining that you've got a consistent business and a, a consistent outcome of the service or the, of what you're putting together. So, Yeah, it's so good because it is this idea of getting clear on what the vision and purpose and problem is that you solve for your customers and then being relentless in solving that problem. Yeah, I think that's the cornerstone of any business, really. I mean, I just, my things is about, you know, quality, reliability, being modern, being confident in what we do. And if we concentrate on those things, and that's what I hope our business always looks like, that, you know, you've got a fighting chance succeeding. Absolutely, because those are the things that your customers care the most about. Well, it, it just creates a consistency so they do come back. Yeah, yeah. They're very forthright of telling you what their people down the road don't do <laughs> or didn't do very well. Or, or that. That's what I love about Australia. You yeah. get all the feedback you want and all the feedback you don't want. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. But it's the same thing as, uh, for us as well about consistency. That's why we do our own deliveries. You know, is it efficient? No, it's not. It's not efficient at all, right? But I've seen how other people deliver flowers and what they do. And, you know, the last mile is really important. And so that's why we haven't relinquished that. Is it sustainable? I don't, maybe not down the track. But the thing is, it's about having a standard and a quality. So, and that's, yeah, just working through your processes and refining. And I will say, I think, I mean, we did it for years, like Sloan delivered our flowers for years because that was really important to us and having, he's Mm. way better at customer service (laughs) than I am in particular. But that idea of going, no, like 
It was because it's small town building the community. He gets to be the face because he's really good at the small talk. And it was like, I know a lot of people could argue it's inefficient, but because you're so clear on like, this is the business, this is the problem that we solve. This is the majority of our footprint that deliveries are going to. And you're then charging a premium if you have to go out and do the delivery across town. Like, it's sustainable in a way that totally aligns with your vision for your business. I don't want to quote yourself, but you get to decide. (laughs) And there's nothing truer. Nothing truer. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's a powerful reminder for all of us because it's so easy. And I think particularly in our industry, but in our Western society and our culture and all of it, of just really remembering, like, particularly when you own the business that you get to decide. 100%. And that's why when you're creating a business, when you're deciding how it's to operate, at the end of the day, if you're not comfortable with it, whether it's sustainable or not, that's the reality there. You you have to make the decision. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Any last words of wisdom, anything you want to say that you didn't get to say, anything else you just want to throw in to the mix? Um, Not really. I guess the big thing for us is that we feel like we're still beginning. We sort of certainly use the Flower Boss community regularly. And um, I think it's a thing that you got to keep, just keep evolving and keep, you know, as I say, I've parroted on about it, but just refining and just reviewing everything you do. And the more like-minded people you can be part of, you can get to your end game quicker than trying to work it out yourself. So. Yeah. And I think you guys are such an incredible example and you in particular of you just keep showing up and doing the work. Right. And it's it's like like everything in life, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And your observation of going, oh, right. I really thought that there'd be a day where this work was done. Right. And then it's like, oh, oh, okay. Nope. The sun rose again tomorrow. (laughs) No. And that's what we've, yeah, that's our challenge at the moment is that I don't know if it's, I don't think it'll ever get easier. I guess it's just the systems will become more efficient, but it's always, you know, the work's always there to be done. So, yeah. And, and, and having the support to sort of either challenge you or confirm what your gut says. Yeah. I, I think that's the big message. You're, you're, that's what you need. And truly, if it was easy, I don't think you'd be doing this work. No, well, everyone would be doing it. I guess that's that old, you know, cliche, isn't it? If it was easy, everyone would do it. So, and it's not, so. But not us entrepreneurs. If it's easy, we don't want it. (laughs) Give me the hard bucket. Actually, give me the bucket that doesn't even have a label on it. Then I'll figure (laughs) out that it's hard and then I'll keep going. Who's in? Anyone? (laughs) Anyway, I want to say thank you for taking the time. It's been amazing. It's so fun to hang out with you. And go out there and make some money today because it's fun. We will. Please take care of yourself. Happy November. We're at the almost at the end of the year. It's kind of crazy. Anyway, thank you again for taking the time to do this. It's been so good. And I really appreciate it. No problems. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay. <laughs>